0: The following content is not suitable for children.
1: So many people, even when they come to therapy, George, and get to a better sex life, there's a lot of things to forgive. There might be years of their sex life that wasn't so good. And right when they get what they want, though, that resentment, that sorrow of not having had it comes up and and there's a difficulty in accepting, wow, we, we weren't there for a long time. And... How do we help people learn to forgive what either didn't happen in their sex life or parts of their sex life, maybe things that their partner doesn't want to do? That's what I want to talk about.
0: All right. Morning sounds really fun. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Laurie Watson, your sex therapist.
0: And I'm George Fowley, your couples therapist.
1: And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other.
0: Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body.
1: We had a listener, a longtime listener, who wrote us a note, And thank you so much. You know who you are. I appreciate it. You've given us comments throughout the years, and that's been great. We have a couple people who consistently comment, and I do read every email that comes in. I try to respond to most of them. I don't get there all the time, but your feedback helps guide us, so we definitely appreciate it. But this listener says, I love what you've been doing on the podcast lately. In the past, you've talked about grieving for sex acts that we want, but just aren't on the table for our partners. Can you please do a show about how exactly we go through that grieving process? I want to let go of things that I want, but my partner doesn't want. I'm worried it's causing hurt in the relationship, which means more to me than the sex acts in question. Wow.
0: Big picture. Big Big picture. picture. You know what it makes me think about, Laurie, is... So let's get practical. Okay. You know, I I get a lot of this with my couples where say the wife doesn't want to give oral sex or doesn't want to receive oral sex, Mm -hmm. right? Those are going to be major disappointments for the partner. Or the flip side, you know, the the guy doesn't want to give oral sex or doesn't want to receive oral sex, right? So there is, if you're not going to get what you want and you've expressed it multiple times, there's going to be a natural resentment and a a natural mourning for kind of what can't be. So I think we're going to get more into that, but I, can you help me just like, what would you say as a sex therapist? You know, when people say like they can identify the block, I just don't want my partner to go down on me, or Mm -hmm. I don't want to go down on my partner. Mm,
1: So hard, so painful. I hear this too about oral sex. And I mean, I think as a sex therapist, I often believe there are, there are ways through. So first of all, before you give up, um definitely contact a sex therapist. And I think there are, you know pieces of us that resist certain acts that our partner wants that, you know may be something that we can deal with and think about and be practical about and work it through. I mean, my first part when I listen to this inside says, you know, there's maybe there's hope. Maybe there's hope in terms of thinking about it. there's, growth and development. I I happen to know this man who wrote in is fairly young. And I know that in an arc of a long relationship, I've been married a long time. You know, there's lots of different feelings that we have about sex and we, we grow up too. Mm -hmm. So I think that that development piece is helpful, but I, I also don't want people hanging out there wishing for something and it kind of torturing them. If really what they need to do is grieve that it's not going to happen.
0: Okay. So I am a wife. I do not want to give oral sex. How can you help me?
1: Oh, that is so sad. So, I mean, I, the first thing I would ask this woman would be, why do you not want to give it? You know, what? what's the turnoff for you? Because a lot of these turnoffs, maybe we can mitigate with a bit of a change. A lot of women, I think, say things like, well, you know, I don't want to give a world sex because he smells bad. That that might be the first kind of piece of resistance. And sometimes I say, okay, you know, first of all, so you, have you tried it? You know, and, and she says, yes, or I haven't tried it, or I, I just think that I wouldn't want to try it because he smells bad. You know, first of all, I think genitals have a smell to them. You know, sex has a smell to it and a taste to it. And it is different. I I don't think it's necessarily bad. I think that in their head, they worry about it. And so I might ask her, would you think about giving oral sex in the shower? You know, if there's water everywhere, he's completely clean, you can't smell anything in the shower anyway, would you consider doing it there? That might be the first part that I would ask. What other resistances do you hear a woman would offer? Do you you ask her, like, why and what she's what she's anxious about
0: yeah mm-hmm. a, lo- a lot of women will say it, it just don't like the gags makes them gag it doesn't right
1: right so like the gagging i hear that one too all the time i mean i think good oral sex you need to use your hands too so if you're afraid about gagging maybe your hand sort of keeps the depth at a place where you know you're not going to gag And that can be pleasurable for him as well. I mean, I think some men, you know, they're all into deep throat. They want her to take him completely into her mouth. But some men, they could care less. You know, it's just about having her mouth on his penis that he's excited about. So I think controlling depth with her hand might be one way that I would suggest getting over that. Or she's in control. You know, he doesn't. It's not standing up. It's her on top, you know, when he's on the bed. So she's completely in control of it. And that can be helpful. I, I will say most women say they don't like their heads pushed down because that can change the depth. So if that's the issue, gentlemen, hands off. <laughs> let let her be in control.
0: So helpful. that You know, you can go somewhere to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Right. To get actually... Tactical tips on how to make it more enjoyable and, mm-hmm. and what are the things getting in the way. Now, what about a woman who doesn't want their partner to go down on them? They don't want oral sex. It, it kind of grosses them out. They're, they're fine with everything else, but they don't want that.
1: Girlfriend, <laughs> what are you thinking here? Most of what I hear from women is... This is the part of them that they don't accept their own body. They think their body doesn't smell good or doesn't taste good. They're so anxious about it. And or doesn't think, look good. Or doesn't look good exactly. Especially with pornography, women have seen other women. Which, by the way, porn shows a particular type of vulva. So, you know, she doesn't have a sense that actually every woman is kind of like a
0: snowflake. You know, a little bit. Viva dark. la vulva. <laughs> <laughs> it's my new motto. Viva la <laughs> There's no normal. It's all good.
1: It's all good. Thank you. That's right. You know, I, I would say to her, you know, practical tips again, go, go hop in the shower or, you know, would you be more comfortable if you'd just taken a bath? A lot of women say yes. So I often ask them, have you told them that? And they say no, which just is crazy in my mind. But they, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he approaches her right at a time of day or something that she hasn't been in a shower and she doesn't have the, I, I don't know, the sense of herself or her ability to direct the event to say, hey, love to, but I got to go hop in the shower first. Uh, so she doesn't do that. But that might be one one thing to do. And I, I think so many women grow up thinking that they're stinky or, you know, their mothers say that when they're about to you know, in the evening, you need to go take a bath, honey, you're stinky. And uh, it's like an internalized thing. And often what I tell them is, first of all, I want them, this is crazy. I know women who you're scared of this smell problem, but to smell their underwear every time they go to the bathroom all day long. And what they actually will learn is they smell very different throughout the day, throughout the month during their cycle, women smell differently. So, I mean, these are just the tips that a sex therapist would give to help them through that.
0: I so appreciate it. It was so sad when you said for most of these women, it's because they don't like their own body. They're too self-conscious yeah. and they would rather just avoid kind of a beautiful opportunity to just kind of relax and let their bodies kind of be responded to.
1: Cause I think so. their partners don't feel that their partners right. love looking at them and smelling them and tasting them and, It's just hard for them to get that through their head.
0: All right. Well, let's come back and talk about the men. Okay.
1: Had a patient. Tell me the other day, uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. They bought some and they said, you were right, Lori. It is the best. Way better than what they had been using before because scent-free, taste-free, There's no sticky residue, which is so important. It doesn't get gummy. It doesn't create that friction that some of the lubricants out there do. It leaves you feeling soft and silky. It uses high-grade silicone with a little bit of vitamin E. You can switch from oral sex to intercourse. You can use it with touching. I highly recommend it during foreplay. Makes her feel better, makes him feel good. I
0: mean, it's a better touch. And you know when thousands of doctors... Sex therapists and clients are all agreeing and recommending the same thing, you're on to something.
1: Exactly. So, uberlube.com with the coupon Foreplay for 10% off.
0: All right, Laurie. So, we giving women some tips to just go somewhere, talk about it. You can identify the problem and find a way of just becoming more practical, what things you can do to make it more enjoyable. So let's help the men out there. What do we do with men who who don't want to go down, who don't want to give oral sex? Mm -hmm.
1: Probably a smaller percentage and women who, you know, their biggest turn on is oral sex. You know, it's so painful and rejecting, especially if she's the one who's more open and he's not quite as open or he's disgusted. I had a young couple and that was her way to orgasm. And he said, you know, I just, I don't think she smells or tastes good. And part of me was just, you know, my stomach hurt. It was like, oh, I wish you hadn't said that out loud in the room. It's just so painful, so rejecting You know, and he had been with a number of partners, so he had said, "Actually, other women taste differently," and I like that. I'm just like, ah, this is this is terrible, you know, because it's it's not only a rejection of oral sex in general, but he's definitively saying he doesn't want to give it to his wife. I mean, first of all, I I got to give her credit for being able to walk out of the room, just stand up after that. You know, Uh, I think it's so rejecting, but you know, there are things that are practical, that could be done, Uh, you know, a lot of times eating different things, you know, if you're a smoker, that could be a problem in terms of changing your taste and odor and eating avocados and pineapple supposed to sort of change the taste of the genitals. That might be one fix. I, I mean, again, I think for him, right. If, if it's really taste and odor, you know, he could probably still give it to her while he's in the shower Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's just so little taste or smell that's even possible in that situation, right. you know. But especially, I, I think when we talk to each other about the no, you know, I can't do that for you, or I don't want to, we have to be so careful not to injure our partner. I mean, so so careful. Um, I, I think it's. I heard a woman say, you know, giving oral sex, you know, she didn't like the shape of his penis or something. And I, it, my heart just hurt. It's like, that's so unchangeable or the way you taste is so unchangeable. So I don't know if there's a tactful way to describe the dilemma of what you're feeling like you don't want to do that and why use as much tact as possible.
0: Well, you do have to say something and you do have to have some kind of conversation and, I mean, hey, listen, if, if your partner has really bad breath and it gets in the way of you wanting to kiss them, I mean, you could use mouthwash. There are things you can do that kind of can help with that. So, I mean, I don't want to blame people if, the, if they could identify the turn on. How do they come up with as, as a team a way of addressing that? And I love your idea of being in the shower. Mm-hmm. And if that takes care of the problem, then, then, you know, try it out. Let's see what it's like. But I, I find a lot of men actually lack confidence in oral sex, mm-hmm. that that's a more part of the the turn off. That they really don't know what they do. You know that they're, they're mm-hmm. taught duty alphabet, and they're like just down there, and mm-hmm. you know they just it, it, they don't they feel like they're they're not good at what they're doing. And we know their susceptibility to messages that they're failing. So if they feels like they're a failure doing that, they try to avoid that feeling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, exactly, and and I think the same with women giving oral sex. They say, "I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make him happy." Yeah, absolutely. Lack of confidence is a big one, and, and those things. I think you're right, George. I think people have to have these conversations, even if it's painful, uh, especially if they can do it without without offending their partner and telling the truth. Such a delicate mm-hmm. balance, right? I think being careful about the things that are unchangeable. You know, the way their their partner looks, or something that is just going to offend them and then there's no fix. But yeah, this one, and oftentimes it's projected on the partner. I, I don't want to do that to you mm-hmm. when really they're saying on the inside, I don't know how to do that to you.
0: Yeah, that's the missed opportunity. If, if you listen to your avoidance, you're never going to kind of connect in this area. Right, but if you're willing to have a difficult conversation, I mean what can be more intimate than, than giving oral sex? Right. So if you had some basic psych ed and the different body parts and where to touch it, what time it and you're open to feedback, I mean how what what a great leap forward you can make Mm -hmm. as a lover Mm -hmm. right that that's why these difficult conversations and talking to a sex therapist about like actually what do you do where do you lick what do you do with your hands i mean there are so many practical guides out there that that are what is that book that you mentioned once before come as she comes first right that's just a whole book right on on just oral sex and how kind of amazing both people can feel with some basic education
1: right exactly Let's come back and talk though. Let's say it's a you know, all our work doesn't help. Mm. And the person says, I'm never gonna do that or maybe the frequency is really low and they just can't find their way through to offer their partner more frequency in sex and it's fifteen years down the road. And And how do they get over that and forgive that and accept that even because that's necessary even to change, you know, to go forward.
0: I find it really helpful, Lori, just to have those basic five steps of grief. You know, it's all different. There is no normal, but there is this basic, you know, that first step of when it's, when you're being rejected, just the shock and the hurt and, you know, the denial, like how can this be happening? And that second stage is to try to change it, to fight back, to get angry, to give advice, say, what Mm -hmm. do you mean? Try to get your partner to change. When that's not working, you go into that third stage, the bargain. Can, can, Can we do something? Like, I don't want this to happen. Then that fourth stage is really that. Depression, just yeah. kind of recognizing the losses here. This is the morning part of it that you can't change it. You can't get away from it. It's just not going to happen. And maybe you're with a partner who's just never going to be into oral sex, and this mm. part of you is not going to be really met in the relationship. Mm. But the key is that fifth stage, right? Mm -hmm. That learning to get to a place of acceptance, which is really what our uh, listener wrote in about, like how I love my partner. I I don't want to lose the relationship. How do I get to a place of acceptance around just the pain of this need never being met?
1: Right. Okay. The stages of grief. I mean, let's say the partner says, okay, I'm I'm not going to ever be able to give you oral sex. That's just something that I can't do. I cannot do that. Right. I mean, the first part, denial, like there's got to be a way, right? Just like Lori mm-hmm. says, go to a sex therapist. Let's try all that. And, and they're like, no, I, I've tried that and I, I can't go there. I mean, there's just this part of us. I, maybe it's the pursuing energy. I don't know. Maybe it's just even withdrawers have this when it comes to sex, right? It, 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 you're kidding me. You know, this is so essential to me. How could you not want to do this? And they just can't believe it that their partner is denying them and they go through denial themselves like this. I can't just, I just can't accept it. Mm -hmm. So there's this initial resistance.
0: Yeah, I think that first four stages we're very familiar with with that pursuer. They can't accept it, they're frustrated, they're giving it advice, they're being critical, they're trying to bargain, mm-hmm. they're trying to push for conversations, mm-hmm. right? But it really hits that's that fourth stage of just depression of it, like just trying to get to a place like this is despite all my efforts, it's not working. Mm-hmm. Right. So how do you how do you listen to the your body's signals that's mm-hmm. saying? Well, let's come back and talk about the depression and what okay. to do with the, the loss and the pain. Okay. OMGyes.com. The truth, Laurie, of course, is that our pleasure gets better over our lifetime as we learn and discover more and more about what we like and what our partner likes. Oh, yeah. More knowledge makes a great thing even better.
1: Right, I think people believe this myth that they're supposed to know how to do it, how to touch each other. And I think for women, our bodies are so sensitive that we need high attunement. And oh my god, yes.com is where you can actually see real video of women explaining the touch that they need, labeling it so we can speak the same language and then showing it is explicit. We know that, but we think it's beautifully done. It's artfully done. And we just encourage you to try ohmygodyes.com with the coupon foreplay so that they know we've sent you there. And therapists as well, if you come to our website, they are offering this product to you free. So please come to our website and figure out how to do that. You need to send them your website and you can get a free membership.
2: I was frustrated that I rarely wanted sex, but I learned there's an FDA-approved pink pill for that. Addy or flibanserin is the number one prescribed treatment for premenopausal women bothered by low sex drive. Visit addyi.com and complete your consultation to see if Addy is right for you. Addy is for premenopausal women with acquired generalized hypoactive low sexual desire disorder, HSDD, who have not had problems with low sexual desire in the past and who have low sexual desire no matter the type of sexual activity, the situation, or the sexual partner. The low sexual desire is troubling to them and is not due to a medical or mental health problem, problems in the relationship, or medicine or other drug use. Addy is not for use in men or to enhance sexual performance. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is increased if you drink one to two standard alcoholic drinks close in time to your Addy dose. Wait at least two hours after drinking before taking Addy at bedtime. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is also increased if you take certain prescription, over-the-counter, or herbal medications, or have liver problems. Low blood pressure and fainting can happen when you take Addy, even if you don't drink alcohol or take other medicines. Sleepiness, sometimes serious, can occur. Common side effects include dizziness, nausea, tiredness, difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, and dry mouth. See OPI, including Boss Warning, at addy.com or call 844-PINK-PILL. Is it AD?
0: So, Lori, this is the heart of the message. Your partner doesn't want to have oral sex and you really want it. And after years of missing each other here, it's just not gonna happen. Right. And just facing the depression of that, the hurt of something that makes you come alive. And it's just not gonna happen with your partner. Mm. Right, And just to to allow your body to feel the sadness of that, to feel the rejection of that, to feel the pain of that, to kind of fear what that means. There's just so much there that you can't really talk about because to talk about it makes your partner feel bad. So you wind up just kind of going off into your own world with these things. Mm -hmm. And I think to really get to that place of acceptance, there has to be some some ability to share the pain and the fear with your partner. And, you know, for both people, it just come to a place of of more acceptance, of, of just kind of recognizing a lot more of their relationship. I mean, mm-hmm. again, we're just talking about a small segment, a spot where they're missing each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Or, yes, it could be a small segment. You know, it could also be about, I mean, I think it. It gets to be a larger segment when you're talking about frequency. Yeah. You know, just for our EFT listeners too. I mean, this can be kind of an attachment injury. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you feel like this is where I need and my partner hurts me here in this really important part of our relationship. How do I forgive them and go forward when I feel like, you know, my soul is kind of ripped out in this way? Because, yes, it, it might be one tiny act. I, I had a guy friend who wanted anal, and it was with my girlfriend um, who I've known all my life, and I knew she wasn't going to do that. You know, I just knew it. And I'm like, buddy, you have a great sex life. And he did. He had, she was willing. She was open. She was experimental. That was just off limits. And so sometimes grieving the one thing opens up the world to more. Because the partner is more open. Um, but mm-hmm. but I think there are times when we have to grieve something even bigger. Or maybe we've healed something, but there's 15 years behind us where it wasn't happening. Well,
0: the couple has to find a way of uniting because they're both losing when this happens. Mm-hmm. Right? He's not having anal sex. She's feeling like she's letting him down and not able to make him happy. They both lose here. He wants oral sex. She don't want it. He feels rejected. She feels like she's failing him. Both are losing, Mm -hmm. right? So I do think there a couple has to be able to get to a place of recognizing it's neither one of their fault that this turns one on and turns the other off, Mm -hmm. right? This is like the blueprints we were talking about in another episode. Like, Mm -hmm. how do we help them take this less personal? Like, this is just, they're different here. Then I think if both people can learn to emotionally support each other in the pain, then it's a lot easier to come to a place of acceptance mm-hmm. and creativity with that acceptance. All right. Maybe you don't want to have anal sex, but maybe the father can fantasize about it and you could just kind of say that out loud. I, you know, could imagine you in my anus right now right like the the couples don't have to actually do it to be able to talk about they can still find ways of of responding to each other while holding on to their own kind of dignity in the process Mm -hmm. but the only way i see that happen successfully with couples is when both of them hold the pain together with each other and they don't blame each other for it Mm -hmm. you know they unite and start saying it just sucks we're different here right you know i
1: think something that you said a little bit earlier is important to me You said, you know, if you can feel it in your body, the grief, um, Mm. you know, most feelings are survivable when, when we're feeling it in the beginning, it just is overwhelming and acute and so painful. But as I was imagining what people might go through, you know, to have a partner who wouldn't want to do something that was essential to them or wouldn't want to do it as often as they felt was essential to their survival. In my own body, I could just kind of feel it in my lower back, just that ache and that pain about that. And I think emotional intelligence, this is why we ask all these questions in the EFT type of therapy. You know, what do you feel in your body? What do you tell yourself about that? You know, maybe it's like, I'm going to die without this. I, I don't even know if I can survive the partnership without it. I think for many people, they do have to go through the choice this man has made his choice he wants Mm -hmm. the partnership more than he wants the sex act that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of pain or he doesn't have to go through a grief process he does so it's like what do you feel in your body what do you tell yourself about that what's the emotion that comes up for you you know maybe it's it is this terrible terrible grief of Mm -hmm. and pain inside as we think about you know how do we go forward in life without something that feels like it's so important. And I think what is torturing is, you know, if only our partner were a little different, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it it can feel so withholding or you don't love me because you won't consider this or whatever. That's the attachment injury piece.
0: Sure. And what happens when we get caught in our own pain, And we don't share it. The world really shrinks. We get tunnel vision and we can no longer see our partner, Mm -hmm. right? Being able to have this conversation, if this man can share his pain Mm
1: -hmm. and just the
0: loss of something that was part of his sexual vitality, Mm -hmm. right? Even if his wife can't meet the need, she can still meet the need of the pain and the grief and the sadness, right? And it can give him permission for it. And that's a powerful thing to be met in your grief.
1: Yeah. And you can... Receive comfort from your partner. I mean, in an attachment injury, the tricky thing is we need our partner who's hurting us. And we need them to see how they're hurting us without them spinning into shame, anger, or anything else. We need them to come toward us and comfort us.
0: Right. Uh, And it needs to be reciprocated. Yeah. That this person who is trying to stand up for themselves in a healthy way. There's something about this turnoff for them that's real given their experiences Mm -hmm. and they're put in a position of letting down their partner, which really feels bad, right? They need that same acceptance and permission and just kind of being seen. And that's what I'm talking about. When a couple can unite, when they can start to say, Hey, listen, we just came into this with different, different needs in this spot and, Mm -hmm. And this happens a lot in all relationships. We know 70% of issues couples fight over and never resolve. Like some areas were okay to agree to disagree. But in these kind of more meaningful, deeper places that are loaded with emotion, it gets harder and hard to mm-hmm. do that. But couples can learn how to do that. They can learn how to hold two truths and still focus on the bigger picture of their relationship.
1: Right. The person you're saying who is saying no also needs to be seen. Exactly. Uh, and know that for them it's got to feel crummy to let down their partner and also whatever their resistance is is valid you know they they have a right to say that's not something i want to do for whatever reason and they have to be honored there and accepted there as well and seen that this mm-hmm. for you feels like something that would
0: cross who you are that feels really important when you said The reason, though, has to be explored. It's not enough to just say no with no explanation. Mm-hmm. Right? You need to do the work and say, hey, listen, maybe this happened to me when I was a little kid and that's why this, Like, you know, if you're able to articulate why it's such a turnoff and you don't really think you'll be able to work through that, then that's just is what it is. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people just don't want to face it. They want to avoid the conversation and they just say no, never to have any words about it. And that I don't think is enough for the partner to ever really come to a place of acceptance. They really need to have the hard conversation with each other to really understand. What's blocking, you know, meeting in this place? Then it's easier to come to a place of acceptance, but we need to be able to tell ourselves a story that makes sense.
1: Yes. And, and I love that. And I think that's po- a possibility, but people are afraid to have this conversation because they blow up over it. Exactly. You know, and then they get into disconnect and they can't stay long enough in accepting my partner is so different. You know, it's so hard. And and I would say, yes, this happens in sex and it's so essential in our sex life, especially if we have pledged fidelity, you know, and we want the relationship. There's no exit, there's no out. So we have to accept there. But, you know, many things in partnership we have to accept in terms of over time, you know, our partner is very different, but getting to the conversation, having it and, and that maybe that's just the facilitated part with a therapist yeah that conversation.
0: That's why it's nice to have a skilled therapist like you, Lori, they can come, <laughs> they could try to figure out practical solutions. If that don't work, then you'll help them go deeper yeah. and meet in a place of acceptance where they can just kind of, you know, unite against this thing that both of them are losing from.
1: Right. I mean, it's the fun part, right. To offer fixes, but it's the difficult part of therapy, to really be with people in these blocked places that can't resolve and help them through the grief on both sides. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sometimes life throws us things that we're pretty helpless against. Mm -hmm. So, but we can do that in isolation or do it together.
1: I love that. Thanks for listening.
0: Keep it hot, everyone. Call in your questions to the Foreplay play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media.